Your attention, please. During every suspenseful moment of the running of the motion picture macabre, the life of everyone in the theater will be insured by Lloyd's of London for $1,000 against death by fright. However, even Lloyd's of London will not grant coverage for any person with a known heart condition or for suicide by any member of the audience. Hello, divers. Coming to you from Studio D, the Deep Dive Podcast presents Hollywood Hype, a new recurring series that looks at the gimmicks, tie-ins, and publicity stunts that lured unsuspecting patrons into movie theaters. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang's Chop Movie Magazine, and, obviously, someone with way too much time on his hands. Since the early days of the motion picture, producers and promoters alike have used various methods, some quite outrageous, to get audiences to flock to theaters to see their films. Amazingly at the time, things that we take for granted like, you know, sound and color, were considered gimmicks. In this inaugural edition of Hollywood Hype, we dive into the life and legacy of the godfather of the insane promotion, William Castle. If the name isn't exactly familiar to you, that's no surprise. Uh, Born William Schloss Jr. in 1914, the man who would become the greatest movie promoter of all time had a somewhat tragic childhood. By the time he turned 11, he had lost both parents and by his own account, became something of a problem child, roaming the streets of New York City, always taking dangerous risks and getting into trouble. One not-so-dangerous risk young Mr. Schloss took actually got him started on his career path. He met Dracula. I am Dracula. Dracula. The very mention of the name brings to mind things so evil, so fantastic, so degrading. You wonder if it isn't all a dream, a nightmare. But no, this is no dream. This is Dracula, the original terrifying story of a maniac and a man who lived after death, lived on human blood, took the form of a vampire bat and lured innocent girls to a fate truly worse than death. In 1927, when he was only 13 years old, William Schloss stole some money and went to see the stage play of Dracula at the Fulton Theater on Broadway. He loved it so much, he went again, and again, and again. Almost every night for two weeks, the boy sat in the balcony, listening to the screams of the frightened audience. After one performance, Schloss snuck backstage and knocked on the door of the play's star, the legendary Bela Lugosi. The two struck up an unlikely friendship, and a couple of years later, Lugosi asked the teenage Schloss to join the road company of Dracula as an assistant stage manager. It was there that he began coming up with ideas to drum up publicity for the show, including having a 
black coffin at the theater entrance to entice curious passers-by. Now, after that big break, William Schloss was no more. Since the German word Schloss translates to something like castle in English, William Schloss became William Castle. When Castle was 23, he ventured west to Hollywood, where he began working for Columbia Pictures. His outgoing personality, work ethic, and business savvy got him an opportunity to direct his first feature film for Columbia. Castle had only been working there for three years. From 1943 to 1950, Castle directed an astonishing 18 movies. Yes, they were all cheaply made B-movies, but that in no way diminishes the achievement. Castle had a reputation as a director who could bring in a picture under budget and ahead of schedule. To a movie studio, that was like money in the bank. Not content to be just a hired gun for the major studios, William Castle became an independent producer. His first thought was to return to his first love, horror. Castle said, and this is a quote, I'm going to scare the pants off America. Which, by the way, is also the title of his autobiography. All Castle needed was an idea. A story that would surely scare movie audiences. He found it in a book called The Marble Forest. It told the tale of a small-town doctor frantically in search of his daughter, who was buried alive in a cemetery by a crazed madman. Castle purchased the rights to the book with the intention of producing and directing the film adaptation. There was one problem. The title. Castle thought The Marble Forest was a terrible title. Now, Castle liked one-word titles, and after throwing around names like ghastly and gruesome, he decided on macabre. Don't worry about being scared to death. Your heirs will collect after you've gone. Bring someone with you to see this motion picture. You'll want some live hands to hold during the performance. And you won't want to go home alone after it's finished, if you're able to go home. We won't worry about your telling anybody the ending of this picture, because you may not be around to tell. Castle and his wife Ellen agreed to mortgage their home to help with the money for the production. Macabre was shot in only nine days and cost $90,000. So the film was finished, but something was missing. It just wasn't scary enough. Now, Castle had no more money to reshoot any scenes or add additional footage. So Macabre needed a hook, a gimmick, 
a way to ensure audiences flocked to the theaters. Warning! Macabre scares the yell out of you. Macabre, the most frightening picture ever to come out of Hollywood. So nerve-shattering that no theater dares show it without insuring you against sudden death from fright. During the showing of Macabre, the life of every person in the theater is insured by the world's largest insurance company for $1,000 in case of death by fright. Please note, this amazing policy does not cover people with known heart conditions, nor is it valid in case of suicide. Yes, you walk out of the theater terror-stricken, or you're carried out on a slab $1,000 richer. See Macabre, written by 12 of the world's most famous authors of mystery and suspense. Macabre, the picture that hammers your nerves with sudden shocks until your battered senses scream for help. Say Macabre! Yes, William Castle's brilliant idea was to have internationally renowned company Lloyd's of London insure each and every audience member for $1,000 in case someone died from fright during the movie. Patrons could sign a beneficiary agreement handed to them as they entered the theater. Now, believe it or not, the insurance was totally legitimate. Now, of course, Castle knew that no one would collect because his film wasn't that scary. The real scare was, would audiences in 1958 actually fall for this stunt? Oh, they did. They really did. Macabre, which cost $90,000 to make, remember, grossed over $5 million at the box office. No one ever collected on the policy. The film's distributor, Allied Artists, wanted another movie and another gimmick right away. What they got was The House on Haunted Hill. Vincent Price, and you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. The ghosts are waiting, so won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hooray. Or you'll be late for your own funeral. Not only did William Castle convince the legendary Vincent Price to star in his newest movie, but Castle also devised another brilliant, and this time more complex gimmick, to scare audiences. It was called Emerge-O. Okay, so here's the setup. In one scene near the end of the film, a skeleton that was once Vincent Price's character rises up out of a vat of acid and torments his murderous wife. At this point during the film, the skeleton, obviously on wires, dangles like a marionette chasing after the woman until she herself falls into the vat of acid. Theaters that showed the film had a small black box installed next to the movie screen, 
virtually invisible to the audience. During the aforementioned scene, the projectionist pushed a button and a glowing skeleton would emerge, hence the name Emerjo, from the box and travel on a wire over the audience. Amazing. And again, audiences went crazy for it. And theater owners were clamoring for more. Something bigger and more exciting. Something that would, quite literally, shock audiences. Something called The Tingler. I'll let Mr. Castle explain. I'm William Castle, and I feel obligated to warn you about the next attraction you will see at this theater. The picture is The Tingler, which I directed. And for the first time in motion picture history, members of the audience, including you, will actually play a part in the picture. You will feel some of the physical reactions, the shocking sensations experienced by the actors on the screen. I guarantee that The Tingler has more shocks per minute than my last film, The House on Haunted Hill. But don't be alarmed. You can protect yourself. When you see the picture, you will be told and remember the instruction how you can guard yourself from attack by the tingler. Yes, the tingler. Not the tangler or the tinkler or the tickler or the tinkerer. In the 1959 film, a doctor discovers that all humans have an invisible parasite attached to their spines that causes a tingling sensation, a creature that in moments of great fear can curl around the spinal column and crush it. The only cure is to scream. An interesting idea, but how do you sell it to audiences? Well, with the most electrifying gimmick yet. Castle called it Percepto, and it was one of the most ambitious gimmicks he would ever attempt. Electrical devices would be attached to a number of seats in each movie theater. At a certain point during the movie, these devices would deliver a low-level buzz directly to the behinds of audience members. Once again, I'll let Mr. Castle explain. I feel obligated to warn you that some of the sensations, some of the physical reactions which the actors on the screen will feel will also be experienced for the first time in motion picture history by certain members of this audience. I say certain members because well, some people are more sensitive to these mysterious electronic impulses than others. These uh, unfortunate sensitive people will at times feel a strange tingling sensation. Others will feel it less strongly. But don't be alarmed, you can protect yourself. At any time you are conscious of a tingling sensation, you may obtain immediate relief by screaming. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all you've got, because the person in the seat right next to you will probably be screaming too. And remember this, a scream at the right time may save your life. Ah! 
Ah, yes. Do you remember the good old days when you could just scream uncontrollably in a movie theater? No, neither do I. To up the ante even further, Castle hired people to scream and faint in the audience during some performances. He also had fake nurses and an ambulance present outside the theater. You know, just in case. William Castle's gimmicks were so successful that the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock, used one of his own for his most famous film of all. No one, but no one, will be admitted to the theater after the start of each performance of Psycho. Do not expect to be admitted into the theater after the start of each performance of the picture. We say no one, and we mean no one. Not even the manager's brother, the President of the United States, or the Queen of England. God bless her. Another tactic that Hitchcock seemingly borrowed from William Castle was inserting himself into the trailers for his movies. Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway and as you see, perfectly harmless looking. When in fact, it has now become known as the scene of the crime. Well, they've cleaned all this up now. Big difference. You should have seen the blood. The whole, the whole place was, well, it's, it's too horrible to describe. Well, the murderer, you see, crept in here very slowly. Of course, the shower was on, there was no sound. And, Castle knew he couldn't compete with the brilliance of Psycho, but that didn't stop him from trying. He would decide on a somewhat less complicated but still innovative gimmick. A movie murder mystery with a gender-bending twist called Homicidal. For the first time in screen history, a special interval will be provided during the running of this picture for refunding your admission. If you're unable to stand the almost unbearable suspense, the almost paralyzing shock of homicidal... If homicide is your hobby, uh, may I recommend a surgical knife for a nice, clean, quiet, murder. I'm William Castle, and uh, uh, this wheelchair is just to rest my tired nerves after producing a picture like this one. We are so sure you will find it such a shocking and startling experience that we are offering a money-back guarantee when you come to see homicidal. At the height of the suspense, there will be a fright break. 
an interval during which you can quiet your nerves. If you are too frightened to see the end of the picture, your full admission price will be refunded. Time to go downstairs now. Got a date to carve a corpse. The fright break idea scared theater owners more than it scared audiences. They initially balked at the idea of a money-back guarantee, but after Castle's previous successes, the idea went forward. According to Castle himself, only around 1% of audience members wanted a refund. Homicidal made a killing at the box office. William Castle's reputation for gimmicks and stunts followed him much like M. Night Shyamalan's penchant for plot twists. It was expected that the master showman top himself with every picture. But perhaps his most ingenious gimmick came with his 1961 thriller, Mr. Sardonicus. It's the story of a man who gains riches but is afflicted with a terrifying, permanently frozen grin on his face, leaving him unable to speak. He performs gruesome experiments on innocent victims in an attempt to restore his face. Originally, Castle didn't have an idea for a gimmick to publicize Mr. Sardonicus. He was content to let the film speak for itself. But when he showed the finished product to executives at Columbia Pictures, they insisted that he change the rather mm, downbeat ending where Mr. Sardonicus dies in agony. Columbia wanted something more mm, audience-friendly. Castle adamantly refused to change the ending. So now there was a stalemate. Columbia wanted one ending. Castle wanted another. So Castle thought, why not have both? For years, I have searched for a unique way whereby a motion picture audience can actually decide the climax of a picture. I have found such a way. My latest picture, Mr. Sardonicus, offers something no audience has ever had before. The power to determine the fate of a character on the screen. The power to punish. In ancient Rome, spectators could decree life or death to a gladiator by indicating thumbs up or thumbs down. During the French Revolution, the mobs could condemn a man by merely shouting to the guillotine. In the early West, vigilantes took the law into their own hands. Today, for the first time, the awful power to punish will be yours. After you see the evil events that made Mr. Sardonicus what he was, you will decide what should be done to him? Mr. Sardonicus. What makes his name strike terror? What strange attraction did young women have for him? What secrets are hidden behind his doors? When you come to see Mr. Sardonicus, you will receive a, a ballad like this. At a certain point in the picture, you will vote thumbs up or thumbs down. His punishment will depend on the result of your vote. According to Castle's biography, there were two endings ready to be shown to audiences depending on what won the punishment poll. However, 
no evidence of another more merciful ending is known to exist. Most film historians believe that no alternate ending was ever shot, that Castle was convinced no one would ever vote in the villain's favor, so he never bothered to shoot another ending. Or he was just too cheap to spend the money on one. Either way, it turned out to be another brilliant gimmick. It was also one of the last. Tired of being known as the director who relied on gimmicks to generate audiences, Castle stopped relying on them. He continued producing and directing up until the mid-1970s, with his biggest success coming as producer of the 1968 horror classic Rosemary's Baby. William Castle passed away in 1977 as a result of a heart attack. He was 63 years old. But his DNA remains in every movie promotion, every publicity stunt, and yes, every gimmick at a theater near you. Most of William Castle's films can be found on the major streaming services for purchase or rent, without the gimmicks, sadly. And there's a terrific 2007 documentary called Spine Tingler, The William Castle Story. And that can be seen, as of this recording, on YouTube for free. No insurance necessary. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes, available on almost all podcast providers. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And if you like what you hear, write us a review. We'd love to know what you think. Or you can also drop us a line at thedeepdivepodcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. You can find links to those and our awesome t-shirt store in the bio of our Instagram page. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Hollywood Hype is part of the Deep Dive Podcast family and a production of Automaton Studios.